Welcome to Courageous Parenting Podcast, a weekly show to equip parents with biblical truth on raising confident Christian kids in an uncertain world. Hi, I'm Angie from Courageous Mom. And I'm Isaac from Resolute Man. We've been married 19 years and have seen the fruit in raising our eight kids biblically based on the raw truth found in the Bible. We can no longer let the culture win the hearts of children. Too many children from Christian families are walking away from the faith by age 18, and it doesn't have to be this way. It shouldn't be this way. Join us as we start an important conversation about effective parenting in a fallen world. Well, hello, everyone. Wow, it's uh, been quite a journey. Thank you for joining us in the Courageous Parenting Podcast. Got my beautiful bride here. Hi, everybody. So we have an interesting topic. The headline might have attracted you, or maybe you just listen every single week, which is awesome. Well, I just heard somebody <laughs> who took a seven-hour drive and binge listened to seven episodes in a row. Oh, that's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm glad it's uh, the Entertaining. ministry. Entertaining. I'm glad. <laughs> I'm glad the ministry is being helpful, and it is our heart's desire that it helps a million legacies. And so we are super excited about the One Million Legacy Movement. Thanks Mm -hmm. for being part of it. By the way, I just want to let you know that anytime you share a social post from Courageous Parenting, Resolute Man, or Courageous Mom, uh, we often will put a comment or reshare the story and say, hey, thanks for being part of the One Million Legacy Movement. So if you ever see that, that's why. Because that's how you be part. That's one of the ways to be part of the movement. Yeah, it really gets the word out there. Also, yeah. hitting five stars is helpful in writing a review. Thank you for all the reviews. We share those too. We read every one of them. But today we're talking about: Will your kids discover you are a hypocrite? Dun dun dun. Right. I think we just dawned on me. I think that we did a podcast on not raising modern day Pharisees. Yeah. So this one is a more introspective yeah. um, po- uh, podcast on the topic of hypocrisy in the role of the parent yeah. because our kids will oftentimes become like us yeah. as they grow up. There's a saying, the apple doesn't fall far from the tree. <laughs> and of course you're going to say that. Yes, of course I am. I couldn't pass it up. <laughs> um, and you know what? The, there's two messages that go with that. That is a that is actually true. When you are not intentional and um, you are not introspective, potentially about how you were raised, mm-hmm. you might just do things the way you were raised as yeah. they happen to you, right? The right. apple may not fall far from the tree. And the reality is, is that may be the truth for some of your kids. For example, when your kids sin, sometimes you may look at them and be like, man, I just, that just really gets to me. And the reason why that is, is because you're looking right at a mirror. Your kids are mimicking your sin, The sin we hate the most, the sin we see in our kids that we struggle with. I know. It can be the one that bugs you the most. So um, the reality is that we do not want to raise modern-day Pharisees. We do not want to raise hypocrites. Therefore, we should not be one. And we want our kids to understand that authority is good. In an age where kids are resisting authority left and right, adults are resisting authority. Nobody thinks authority is good. Now, that's an exaggeration. Almost nobody. So it's a tough time. And there's so the reason is there's so many bad examples out there. And they're amplified with the access to the internet. Yeah, that's true. And I I think that a lot of people um, don't realize that this starts when their kids are really young. 
if they don't keep their word, Mm -hmm. if their word is not as good as gold and they make a promise to their child and they don't follow through, um, then they break trust with the child, right? To where then, you know, later on, if they're hearing their parents talk about something regarding parenting, for example, let's say they're running a mom's group at church, their kids are listening and they're like, well, but you just failed me. Yeah. Right. And um, I I just think that we as parents need to be conscientious of how the devil is going to spin things to our kids. He's going to also whisper lies to them as well. We need to be careful. But you guys, I have an encouraging word for you in John chapter three, verse 30. And this is the only way, the only way that we are ever going to be living not as hypocrites, okay? He must increase, but I must decrease. Totally. He meaning Jesus. That's right. And so the more that we are walking in the spirit, the more that we are abiding in Christ, and there is more of God in us, the less we will be tempted to be walking in the flesh, which is what happens when we are a hypocrite. We're walking in flesh. Oh, absolutely. And so there's really a lack of trust today. Mm -hmm. And people are starving for what's real. Mm -hmm. There's a reason reality TV is so successful. There's a reason that podcasting is so successful. It's people want what's real. It's the reason people follow people on social media to see what's real. And they're starving for that. But they really need a good experience with authority while they're being raised. And guess who the example of that must be? You. You. It is so crucial. It's It's more important than ever. Mm -hmm. If they can't obey you, if they don't have a good experience with your authority over them, which they totally should and can, Mm -hmm. then how are they going to obey God later if they have a disdain for authority? You know, I I wish we could get into this more because I, I know that this is just such a relevant topic to parents because we get messages from people about obedience all the time or Mm -hmm. disobedience rather. And I just want to encourage you guys, if you haven't looked into the courageous parenting mentor program, we have an entire episode, an entire teaching on obedience where we dig into scripture. I think in that one, we cover session four. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, if that's something that is, something that you really need help with work on, I would really encourage you to look into that. Now in Matthew five thirty seven, it says, but let your yes be yes and your no, no for whatever is more than these is from the evil one. So if your kids are asking you yeah. for something and you make a promise, then you better follow through. You better it. follow through. Otherwise it's from so the evil one. Can I give you guys a little tip because no parent is perfect right? So there are going to be times where you could potentially, if you were to promise something, you might not fall through. And if that happens, of course, you just need to be, have a humble attitude and you need to come to your kids and you need to tell them that you're sorry and, um, and, and share with them that you're not perfect. Right? Because if you just make you know, just kind of set it aside like it's no big deal, then your kids, a a bitter root could grow in their hearts. But here's a tip for you. So that this never happens, just don't make promises. I don't make promises to the kids. Very rarely. Yes. Only if we are... I mean, and I'm talking about like going to do something promises. Of course, I can make a promise that 
I will love you forever. So and things do they like ask that, us but... things? We have eight of them. Yeah. Do they ask us things? Yes. And we go, you know, I heard you. I'm glad you asked for that. Um, mm-hmm. We will see. It right. depends on so-and-so. Right, right. Da, 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 da. We look at the schedule, see if it can work. And my yes is yes and my no is no. And it it is, honestly, I have to tell you, you guys, having many kids and even with the little ones, they have always heard my yes means yes and my no means no. I don't say maybe because I don't want it to be repeated and I don't want to be training them and nagging. And if you give them a maybe, then they're going to nag. And if, Actually. You, and if you have and so, history of saying no, and then you turn from no to a maybe or yes, that's also from the evil. Right. Way. That's why they're always going to be bugging you to change your mind if you change your mind often. So, you know, sometimes you get peer pressured into things right. as a parent, right? Yeah. Like there's parental peer pressure. I wrote about this once. And that's tough. It's, it, worse it's than a high hard school. thing. And so you need to establish <laughs> boundaries with your kids where you're not put in those situations where you're going to experience parental peer pressure. Yeah. And I think part of that is just saying, for example, Listen, this is our stance on sleepovers. Do not ever ask me to have a sleepover in front of that other kid. That's a whole nother episode, yeah. but that's but, an example. But my point yeah. is, did you see the boundary that mm-hmm. the kids know not to ask if they can come over or ask for things in front of the other kid, right? Because that could be manipulative. So you are the difference. Let's yeah. talk about what love is for a second, because our culture gets this wrong, but mm-hmm. God is love. And love is relational. Yeah. Love is warmth. Love is caring for other connection people. and caring yeah. for other people and wanting yeah. what's best for people. Mm-hmm. But you know what is best for people sometimes? Mm. Boundaries. You know what's yeah. also best for people sometimes? Justice. You know what's also best? Discipline. Test. Discipline. <laughs> um, Truth. Being held accountable, being taught things. Being rebuked, being being exhorted or challenged to live better. What also is, is when someone really knows you and you know that when there's really good listening. Right. There's lots of ways we love people. Can I, you know, it's interesting. So we're talking about love in, in the importance of having love regarding authority. Yeah. We're talking about authority here, right? Mm -hmm. And you are the god-given authority in your child's life and you have been given a task many tasks Mm -hmm. many responsibilities and one of those is actually an honor and a privilege and that's to be able to love your children and isaac you touched on the importance of knowing your kids and that you can't actually know them without listening Mm -hmm. there is another aspect of listening that shows someone that you love them when you're willing to actually listen. But listening is usually second part to asking questions. Yeah. And we talked about this in the parenting class that we were just doing with our church, yeah. actually, yeah. and how important it is to be able to ask questions to your kids and how to get them to divulge more information and to really build that relationship. But this is actually something that we need to do in all of our relationships. Mm-hmm. Because if we're always talking about us, that is a sign that there is pride there and that we don't actually love the other person. Yeah, we're self-focused. Right. And so being self-focused is going to leave a legacy of children who are self-focused. If you want to leave a legacy where your kids are actually going to have strong relationships, that they're going to be secure in who they are and their identity in Christ and that they know their parents love them, it starts with this, 
asking questions, listening, and knowing. So we gave some aspects of love because sometimes it's just the all soft side of love. And really people, your kids need to experience all All the aspects of love because God has all the aspects of love. And if he doesn't, if your kids don't experience all those aspects from you, they might have a hard time experiencing all those aspects from God. And now there's a lot of false doctrine out there that only take parts of -hmm. God's love Mm -hmm. and they don't look at all the attributes of God and his Mm -hmm. authority over their lives. That's right. Yeah. And that's really important. So we have to make sure that everything that we're doing is going to potentially be mimicked when our kids are parents also. Yeah. And um, they also, if they don't feel love, they're more likely to become critical of you as a hypocrite also. It's true. And so really, if your relationship is founded on love and knowing one another, the Bible says to know thyself, to love your neighbor as yourself. So if you're supposed to know yourself then and love your neighbor as yourself, then you should know your neighbor. Final thing on this section is, do you feel known by your parents? Mm -hmm. Did you feel known by your parents when you were growing up in their house? And most of us unfortunately, probably don't feel that way. A lot of kids today say, my parents don't know me. Yeah. And so that starts when they're one, earlier it, than and, that. It, and you know, a lot of times we talk about quantity versus quality time. And yeah. I think that's part of it too, is the quantity time. Yeah. So um, they will for sure call you a hypocrite if you don't know them, uh, even if it's yeah. not true that you're right. a hypocrite, right? So live what you teach is the next one, our okay. second point here. Yeah. So if you are preaching something other than what you're living, watch out because your kids can sniff out hypocrisy. They're like hound, hypocrisy, hound dogs. Especially today, more so than any other generation. Mm -hmm. And it's just going to get worse because we know how everything ends and things progressively in some ways get worse in other ways get better spiritually. Right. right? So um, it's hard to influence where you haven't been. So if you want to influence your kids in an area that you're not living out, it'll be even hard for you to bring up sometimes. It'll be hard for you to hold people accountable, your kids accountable in areas where you're struggling. You know, it's interesting. The church actually, Christianity has gotten the name hypocrite. Yeah. Pharisee, right? Um, You hear people saying all the time, Christians are hypocrites. Mm -hmm. And part of this is because in church leadership, because we have humans, right? Yeah. In church government and church leadership makes perfect sense. Mm-hmm. Um, those people oftentimes have a hard time holding people within their congregations in their flock accountable for sins that they themselves have struggled with. Yeah. So it it isn't just in the um, family government. It's also mm-hmm. happening in the church government. So if you are actually holding a position in church leadership, this podcast I would ask you to even be thinking about what you're teaching the the flock yeah. and what you're modeling for them because it trickles down to the next generations as well. So now this it, is a really powerful thing. It is a powerful thing. And it doesn't mean you have to be a perfect human because no. there's nobody except Jesus no, but that exists if, that way, yeah. who is God. So, um, so nobody's perfect, but there is a way to approach that and teach uh, and not be perfect. But right. we must live. We also want to have our kids experience live seeing us live in victory 
over the, sin, over sin by the power of God. Right. Or even things that were maybe even generational, right. Yeah. Leaving a new legacy, being able to share that with our kids. Yeah. Um, I think that that can be really powerful, but you were touching on something about you can teach something and, and still, even if you're struggling with it. And I think it's important that we um, explain to people that if they haven't struggled with a specific sin that their kids are struggling with, Mm. they can still speak to it Mm -hmm. and teach it. And if they need to teach something that they themselves have struggled with, they still need to teach on it. They do. But they need to do it from a different, um, in a different uh, voice. That's right? right. One that says, I have struggled with this too, and this is what I have done to be able to conquer this. Or let's pray for this together. Let's hold each other accountable. This Mm -hmm. is what God's word says, and I've struggled with this too. You're not alone. See how there's humility in that? It is so crucial. Now, let's look at some things. So you, I don't know how old your kids are, but Mm -hmm. at one point, or you might be currently reading children's books to your kids. And some of the children's books are like, I remember one, and we still read it sometimes, which is, um, about too much stuff. Oh, Berenstein Bear. Berenstein Bear is about too much stuff. That's a fun And imagine one. reading that and then, you know, your kids are like looking at your garage and then all the new and things you're buying and there's too much stuff. That's just an interesting concept. Right. Or what's another book? Another book. I, well, I love Francis Chan's Halfway Herbert. I just oh, shared halfway this with that. That's actually a, a terminology in our home. Don't be a halfway Herbert. You guys have to go Google this book. But are you a but, halfway Herbert sometimes? Right. Which means are you not doing things with your whole heart or yeah. doing them with half your heart or doing things halfway? How about little things like Oh, teaching your boys to wash their hands after they go to the bathroom. Hey, dads, do you wash your hands after you go to the bathroom? Or are you just super fast trying to get out of there? Or even brushing your teeth. Like, do you brush, you know, your teeth mm-hmm. really fast? Or do you take the time that you're teaching your kids to take to actually brush your teeth for two minutes? So, <laughs> so I mean, if they are starting to sense these things yeah. when they're young, it just grows as they're older. And no wonder they don't listen to you in the teenage years. If you want your kids to be mm-hmm. different than most then you need to treat them different than most parents. Right. You actually can have incredible relationships with your kids in the teenage years Mm -hmm. where they seek your guidance over anybody else. Right. Where they want to talk with you. You know, I think that this could be a really powerful thing. I just want to share with you guys some ways, some things that I have thought about over the years, ways that I could potentially fall into hypocrisy as a parent. And maybe they will shed some light on for you, for you to evaluate. So for example, one might be um, saying to your kids, you know, you've spent too much time on the, on screen time. (laughs) But but I'm okay doing it. Mm-hmm. And you're over here on your phone. Yeah. No, you can't be on your phone. And you're on your phone. <laughs> that hypocrite, yeah. right? Or are you on social media and you're on social media? Or um, or well, even just like with movies, right? Like mm-hmm. what shows you watch. If you have a standard and you're like, yeah, well, we're not going to watch anything that's over PG. Are you doing that? Or are you watching things that you shouldn't be? Yeah, You know, having integrity, even when uh, if you want your kids to have integrity when no one else is looking, then you better be the person that has integrity when no one else is looking. Let's look at even more areas. How about finances? Are you giving? And Do you talking? expect your children to be sharing yeah. and generous? Right. But you're not. How about uh, giving credit where credit, where credit is, is due? due? Actually, it's interesting because the Bible says to give honor where honor is due, respect where respect do is your, due and credit. Do your kids where, yeah. see you? not quote somebody 
or plagiarize. Okay, let's just say this. Okay, yeah. this is a big soapbox for me. We're not going to get into it. But <laughs> we just did a, our first few weeks of essentials with our 11-year-old, oh, yeah. which is in classical conversations. This is a writing program. And yeah. the first week, they always go over what plagiarism is. Oh, good. And I love it I because the kids are always like, but I always am sitting there going, can we make a bigger deal out of this? Because I want the next generation to have respect for authors, for painters, for um, for people who have put their People's energy music. and their artistic, yes, poetry. Um, if you have ever worked hard to create something and yeah. you've used your imagination. Give honor to the creators. You've worked hard at it. You know how much value that is to you. And so as Christians, we need to be way above reproach on this. Yeah. Otherwise, we are a hypocrite. How about slandering people in front of your kids? Right. Or being critical would be another example. Yeah. That is one way. A lot of times people go, oh, well, what slander? Is that like gossiping maliciously? And they think of this big, evil, hatred thing. But in reality, it's it could be as simple as, Man, did you hear that guitar player on Sunday who just was so off? I really didn't like the music this time. <laughs> <laughs> no, but in all seriousness, like, are we overly critical? And then we're like, you know, yelling at our kids or trying to hold them accountable even for being critical of their sibling. Yeah. Or another friend. Like, like I said at the very beginning of this podcast, a lot of times the sin that we hate the most in our child is the one that we we struggle with or have struggled with them. How past. about the attacks on the way to church? You know, people arguing, the parents start yelling, the marriage is falling apart moment by moment. And then you walk into church and it's, Hey, smiley faces. How's it going? How's and it the going? kids, and the kids see that. And then there's no real authentic connection or fellowship. With there's people no at reconciliation church. before you go into church. So and then you the take thing. communion. What are you teaching? Let's just say this. This is a question I think all parents need to ask. Sunday morning, what are we teaching our kids? Are we teaching them how to play church? Right. Are we teaching them how to fake it? Just look good. Just look good. Are we are we about appearances or are we real? And what would be real? Okay, so so people go, okay, Angie, does that mean that when you walk in the door, you're like in tears with the lady at the greeting door and you're like, oh, <laughs> my kids, they were yelling at each other. You lose it. But if somebody asks you how you're doing, let's maybe let them know how you're doing for real. Yeah, like say, you know what? This morning was really rough and I actually Could need prayer. Could you be prayer. praying for me? Yeah. yeah. And I actually think I need to reconcile with my husband or I think maybe I need to say I'm sorry to my child. But before that even, I would suggest before you get out of the car, you can miss the fellowship coffee time and you can sit in the car. You need to get reconciled with your family before you go in. Otherwise, you should not be taking communion. Yeah. Right. And so fellowship I, that's just with your family deal. is most important. So right. get that right. Right. And, so and important. I think Sunday mornings are an extra important thing to be evaluating because number one, you know, the enemy is going to do everything he can to make you stumble on your way to church yeah. because he doesn't want you to go. But two, he wants your kids to connect hypocrite with church. That's what he wants to do. He wants your yeah. kids to connect those two so that they don't want to go. Yeah, it's just so a it's place of a, a big it's deal. It's just a fake place. And, and you know what? People are fake. so resistant to fake these days. They just don't want to be. I'm thankful for that, thing. actually. Yeah. That people mm -hmm. increasingly don't want to be part of anything that's not real and authentic. It's good. And that is a good thing. Unfortunately, a lot of the environments we would claim to be good uh, show the opposite <laughs> mm -hmm. of that. So uh, James 122, but be, but be doers of the word and not hearers 
was only deceiving yourselves. So important to actually do what the scriptures say in our lives. Like we can't do it if we don't hear it first. Yeah. So it actually, one implies the other. It's a really cool syllogism. Hey, look how I just put logic yeah, in there. Syllogism. Good. No, but in all seriousness, we have to know what the Bible says so that we can be doers of it. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, God's saying, what do I care about? That your heart is actually transformed and your fruit yeah. is a reflection of what's in your heart. Hey, I wanted to share real quick, and then we're going to give the last two points. We always get even more practical as we go to the end. Mm-hmm. But you've probably heard about the Parenting Mentor Program. It is unbelievable what God is doing with this. It literally is packed with scripture. It's Mm -hmm. the biblical parenting model we've used for the last 19 years, parenting our eight kids that we've seen tremendous fruit from, praise God. And God is doing it. And if you have interest in that parenting mentor program, I encourage you to look at it at Mm courageousparenting.com. If you're on the show notes, you can, by the way, the show notes at courageousparenting.com too, with uh, all the Bible verses, video of this episode and so forth, just hit podcast. But on the front page, you can find out all about the program and let's listen real quick to people Mm -hmm. who've gone through it. Steve and I realized that we were getting too comfortable with the world's vision of how to raise our children. What Angie and Isaac have done in creating this is literally phenomenal. This program provided awesome scripture-based teachings and just some really great practical applications. This class has just really rocked my world. It has given me a vision for not just the different things that we might focus on as parents who are trying to raise our kids biblically, like how our kids are behaving or what we're doing with discipline, but also the things of the heart. We now have a game plan to how we want to raise our children. We have so many answers to the questions that have been in our mind. It's not just these hypothetical situations, or it's not just this, here's what I think you should do. It's, let me show you where in scripture this is. Do your legacy a favor and yourself a favor and just do it. One of the best things that we've done this year, one of the best investments we've made this year, and I could not recommend it more. We're no longer fearing dark days ahead, but we're so excited to raise lights to be leaders for the next generation. Okay, so now Mm -hmm. we're gonna talk about, well, we're not perfect parents. In fact, I would say no perfect parents are allowed. So the next Mm -hmm. point is you gotta share your struggles. That's part of humility. It is. And God has, okay, so when we were looking up scripture verses on humility, I I just, I wanted to put all of them in. (laughs) I have this problem every week, you guys. Here's a little side note. Behind the scenes of Isaac and Angie in the podcast, I'll be sitting here putting Bible verses in and Isaac's like, stop, no more. We got to shoot it. (laughs) We're done. We're done. Let's go. Let's go. (laughs) And so there are just, but I want to encourage you, if you read through Proverbs, read through Psalms, there are a ton of scripture verses on humility about how God opposes the prideful people and that pride comes before the fall, but he exalts those who are humble. And so I just want to encourage you to maybe do a study. You can just, even in Google, you can put scripture humility and there's tons of links to scripture but um one thing that's super important that we recognize is that if we are humble as like it's part of our it's an attribute of who Mm -hmm. we are Mm -hmm. right the only way we get there is actually if we are constantly keeping our eyes on jesus and we're aware of how we fall short compared to him mm-hmm. alone. Mm-hmm. And that's what brings us to a humble position underneath God's authority, yeah. right? 
That doesn't mean that we're like down on ourselves all the time. We have to have our identity in Christ and we want to raise kids who have their identity in Christ, reminding them of who they are in him. Mm -hmm. But if we're going to be humble, that's really how you get there Yeah, is going, you know what? I'm not perfect. Mm -hmm. Being willing to say that, being willing to in the moment say, I don't know where that that is. I don't know the answer. I mean, that's one of the biggest issues today is when people are preaching something and they're not living it, it's, it's, they, they haven't made the connection. Mm -hmm. Whereas they need to, if they want to preach something, if they're called to preach it, they can still do it. But, but let's just do it in humility. Yeah. It's good to pretend that we've got it going on. Your struggles teach something and go, you know, this is something I'm actually working on, or this is something I've had to overcome and God help me with. What does that teach mm-hmm. people, whether it's your kids or others? Mm-hmm. It says, oh, yeah. I can overcome this too because he has in surrendering it to God. Oh, I'm not alone in this. Yeah. Wow. First Peter 5, 6 is a great verse for humility. It says here, let's see. First Peter 5... Verse six says, therefore, humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God. We just talked about that. Mm -hmm. Humble yourselves underneath the mighty hand of God that he may exalt you in due time. When? In due time. And he's in charge of the time. Okay. Mm -hmm. So a lot of people want to be exalted before their due time. All right. Casting all your care upon him for he cares for you. Mm -hmm. A lot of parents are struggling out there today, Isaac. Parenting is hard hard it is hard we experience hardship in our parenting and being patient for example right with eight kids sometimes asking i'll tell you going against the grain is even harder being a courageous parent being a biblical parent is even harder but it's more fruit usually the harder path yields better fruit right so it's just you know before that verse it says god resists the proud but gives grace to the humble Mm mm-hmm don't we all need grace? Mm-hmm. I mean, if parenting is hard. We make mistakes. No parent is perfect. We need God's grace. So we had better not be proud and, and act like we're know-it-alls. Do you know why we know some of this stuff? We've uh-huh. been married 20 years <laughs> and, and we have eight kids. A long time. And we that just means we've made all the mistakes you can imagine. Oh, oh. Parenting is sanctifying (laughs) for sure. And you never arrive, right? Yeah. Yeah. The key is learning from those mistakes. Yeah. I think too, it's important that we recognize that, um, you know, if, if we are pretending in front of our kids, because we have this like authoritarian perspective that we need to know it all. Otherwise our kids won't respect us. Mm -hmm. There's a lie out there. I mean, that older generations definitely have this going on right like oh yeah I have you to respect know all by perfection you right. get respect from being perfect right and and it was performance-based acceptance of children and so kids had to like is that what perform. you want your kids to do with god to perform that's how you get into heaven that, a legalism. that works legalistic approach of course not that's no. not the truth no it comes back down to relationship and you are modeling a relationship with god in your relationship with god before your kids but you're also the god ordained authority but also the one who is um his ambassador to your kids so as they are growing up and they see you you are representing him so practically you've just got to apologize sometimes you got to apologize to your kids you have a two-year-old you got to apologize to little johnny Mm -hmm. you have a teenager you got to apologize to mary 
And can I also say that this actually starts first in, you're not going to go and apologize to your kids if you don't already have the practice down of apologizing to God. Mm -hmm. That's repentance. And it's not a one-time thing and get saved. We need to be consistently repenting and we need to be aware of who we are every day. We need to be humble and we need to repent to our spouses mm-hmm. because as our kids see us doing that, do you think, what what kind of legacy are you going to leave when your kids grow up, right? Yeah. And they, they've grown up with parents who never apologize for things or they're, they're always right about things, right? Mm-hmm. What do you think they're going to do when they get married? Yeah. They're going to have the same issue potentially. Mm-hmm. Um, and the same goes for them when they're parents. Yeah. This is a legacy maker or breaker. Yeah. This is a big deal. And if you think that you need to know it all, then you probably are raising know-it-alls. That is a really dangerous thing to need to always have an answer. Because if you have to always have an answer, then a lot of your answers are going to be wrong. And if some Mm -hmm. of those answers are doctrine-based or about God, then you are going to be held accountable Mm -hmm. in a different way. And so it is really, really important (laughs) to learn with your kids and Mm -hmm. be okay with that. And um, it's so important. In fact, the other day, you know, um, being in the pastor role nowadays, Mm -hmm. somebody asked me a a doctrine question and Mm -hmm. I didn't know the answer to Mm-hmm. And I was in that moment of like, oh, here's that moment again where I really wish I knew that answer. But then I'm like, it's actually good that I don't know because we can look it up together. Yeah. And then I was just honest about it and it felt so good. So it's so important to not always have to know everything. Right. Doesn't that feel better? You're probably sitting like, oh, thank goodness. Yeah. yeah. There's so many times I don't know things that my kids ask me and I Google it. <laughs> And then we pray about it. We make sure that it's in alignment with the word. <laughs> well, not even scripture. I'm just talking about all kinds of things. Yeah. And and then as far as scripture goes, then we go to the Bible. We go to the word of God mm-hmm. and we look it up. Oh, let's figure it out together. Yeah. Now let's see what the Bible says. Isn't that cool that we have a manual? Right. And that it doesn't contradict itself. It's pretty awesome, actually. You know, this is a, a lot of people might be thinking, this is a, this is important, but really like, is this a a make it or break it kind of thing for like heaven? And I just want to share a scripture that's in Matthew 7, verse 21 Mm, through 23, because being a hypocrite actually is a salvation issue. Mm -hmm. Okay. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven but he who does the will of my father in heaven. Many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in your name, cast out demons in your name and done many wonders in your name? And then I'll declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you who practice lawlessness. Mm -hmm. This is a warning Mm -hmm. because a lot of people on social media, right? They can proclaim the truth. It's not hard. I I just did a post on this. It's not hard to regurgitate the truth, Mm -hmm. actually, as a Christian. It's right here in front of you. But to live it is an entirely different thing. And the difference is found in the fruit. Yeah. Right? And we as Christians need to judge the fruit. We need to teach our kids to judge the fruit. Because we do not want to be hanging out with Pharisees and hypocrites. And we don't want our kids to be either. And so this is a really big deal. God is saying, like, 
I don't care what you did. And God's, there's another scripture that says that all of our good deeds are like filthy rags in the eyes of the Lord. No branch can bear fruit by itself. We need to be connected to the vine, which is God. Mm-hmm. And if you're not, and you're just doing works to try and please and look good and always have an answer. Or and prophesy in prophesy his name. Prophesy in his name and all these things, but there's <laughs> yes. no relationship. That's false. And what do your kids want? They mm-hmm. just want authentic relationship with you, just like God wants authentic relationship right. with you. So there are eternal ramifications yeah for raising hypocrites or for being hypocrites Mm -hmm. and for being hypocrites who are teaching little children. Because as we shared in one of the other podcasts, the Matthew five scripture that says it'd be better for someone to be, you know, have a millstone hung around their neck and thrown into the depths of the sea than to lead one of these little ones who love me into sin. Ouch. That's a big deal, right? So we have a lot of scriptures that back this up. Last point, no records of being a hypocrite. You don't want to have records out there. What does that mean? Well, we live in a digital world. You are creating records, a digital imprint, left and right, more than you can imagine. And Mm -hmm. especially if you post on social media. So you don't want to be a false teacher. Let me Mm. share what we mean by that. First of all, the truth, the biblical truth. Right. We want to share the biblical truth. And a lot of times, and, and we're really careful of this, um, if we put scripture up and we're saying it means something, we look at the context of the scripture around it. Right. Super important. Same with your kids. You want to make sure you're teaching what's accurate. But that's mm-hmm. not the only thing, is it, honey? No. So I was. we were just talking about this tonight, and another form of false teacher would be someone who is preaching something. It might actually be a good thing. Yeah. But they are falsifying what they're teaching by not living it, right? That is a false teacher because they're teaching something, but they're living in hypocrisy. The Pharisees were false teachers, mm-hmm. right? They knew the Torah. They they knew knowledge. God's word. They had these this knowledge, but they weren't actually living out what God was saying regarding loving your neighbor and and seeking first his kingdom and and all of those things. Like when you think about relationship and what God calls us to in relationship with, uh, with one another, mm-hmm. because he made us in his image. He's a social being. We are social beings. And this goes beyond just our marriage and our kids. Yeah. This is within the body of Christ. This is outside the church. Like we need to be loving all people. Yeah. There is no excuse for it. He even says to love your enemies. So if your kids see or see someday because they look back at your social media posts um, that you're teaching things you're not living, what does that do to how they look at you as an authority? It's huge. You guys, I can't even tell you like having, we have three kids on social media because our kids are older. And we it have is to think such, about this every post we do. Yeah. It's, it's like automatic accountability because, and, and we're also considerate too. And this is a challenge. If you have teenagers, I want to challenge you to be considerate of your kids um, and go to them and say, Hey, is it okay if I post this? Mm-hmm. Because you may need them to do that to you one day. Mm-hmm. Right. And we want to treat them as we would want to be treated with that same kind of mutual respect. Yeah. And if you're doing that, you can't later then go, Hey, I showed you respect. Why aren't you doing that to me? Right. But what's beautiful is when you post something and I think, okay, am I living this? And if I'm not, what do I usually write? I'll write in the commentary part. Right. 
this is something I'm working on, or this is something right. I've struggled with. Or, or this is a conviction that I'm working on right yeah. now. And or, I think that's yeah, so important. Right. And and to be honest with you guys, can I just say, reiterate what Isaac was saying earlier, that everything that we teach on is because we have either thought and have been convicted by the Holy Spirit at some point over the last 20 years. Yeah. And we have thought deeply about these. We've asked ourselves these hard questions. Am I being a hypocrite? Mm-hmm. Um, and you could go really deep into this. Um, but we have another scripture for you in 2 Timothy 4, verses 3 and 4. And this is really an important word because this is the day and age that we live in right now. For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine, but according to their own desires, because they have itching ears, they will heap up for themselves teachers, and they will turn their ears away from the truth and be turned aside to fables. Isn't that true today? That is the world we're living in right now. And if you don't want your kids to have itching ears and turn towards fables and fables, false doctrine and mm-hmm. books that share half truths about God that lead to destruction, then they need to trust your authority and they need to be yielded to God's authority. Right. It's so and, important. And the best way for them to learn that is by watching you. One of the ways that parents can oftentimes become hypocrites without even thinking about it is if they expect their child to give them first time obedience, but mm-hmm. yet they're not doing that to God. Yeah. Or they've not submitted themselves under any authority. How dangerous is that? I mean, we've seen people that have gone out of fellowship with people and they've been on their own and that they it's a dangerous place to be where there's no authority and there's no accountability. God did not design the body of Christ to function that way. Absolutely. And by the way, we are giving a free workshop, Six Keys to Being a Courageous Parent. I just wanted to make sure you knew that. Uh, You can go to CourageousParenting.com and there'll be a link in the post. But we are so glad you joined us for this episode. If you would share it, that would mean the world to us and Mm -hmm. blessings to you and your family. See you next time. Hey, thanks for listening to this episode. We wanted to quickly tell you about our six-week online parenting mentor program. Isaac and I created a powerful biblical curriculum. Here's how it works. Each week, Isaac and I release a video with a downloadable parenting packet to make it easy for you and your spouse to incorporate those teachings directly into your parenting. It's an incredible program where we cover everything from obedience, training, to overcoming mistakes most Christians are making. But more than that, it's an incredible community. You'll have access to our private online group, live webcasts, and the Courageous Parenting text message line where Angie and I can send you weekly encouragements straight to your phone. If you're interested in joining our next online parenting mentorship program, secure your spot now at CourageousParenting.com. That's CourageousParenting.com.